0: Welcome to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. I wanted to go over an article that I just recently came across. There was an article in the Entrepreneur Magazine or Entrepreneur.com, and it was about executive level coaching. This is on Entrepreneur.com, and the title of the article is, How an Executive Coach Can Help Boost Your Revenues. And so, I was reading through this article, and I found it to be very uh useful. It says "A look at the many benefits of having an executive coach plus what it takes to be coached and This is by Jason Hennessy. so thank you so much for writing this article. What I love to do on our podcast is take a topic that's out there and go speak to someone within our community and within our network and introduce everyone to the exact uh, person or the exact things needed in order to access what's really going on in the headlines, right? I don't want us to ever miss out on some of the big things that are happening. So these media companies are saying that an executive coach can help boost your revenue? Well, on today's episode, let's introduce you to an executive coach. I'm DJ Motry of Black Equity Network, and welcome to Black Equity Podcast. We are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and we are still continuing our Black Founders uh, series, where we're speaking with many different Black founders all over the culture and having real conversations with them, understanding the origins of their company, uh, the things that they picked up along the way, and how they can pass those along to you, and how you can work and collaborate with uh, these entrepreneurs. On today's episode, I'm really excited because we're going to take a little bit of a different spin. We're actually going to talk about how we can coach entrepreneurs to success. And I think that's going to be um, a a different conversation than, than most times. A lot of times we're talking to entrepreneurs how they got to success. This time we're going to talk about how maybe it's time to bring on someone who can coach you to that next level. In order for us to do that, we're going to bring on an expert in the field, someone who actually has put time into this area. And uh, joining us on Black Equity Podcast is Troy Taylor. Welcome to Black Equity Podcast.
1: Uh, Thank you, DJ. Thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. For those who don't know who you are, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your company.
1: Sure. So my name is uh, Troy Taylor. I'm out of the Great Atlanta area. I'm originally from New York. I live in the Great Atlanta area now with my family. I'm the founder and director of Taylor Made Coaching Group, right? And so we provide business solutions for individuals, companies, and the services range between executive coaching, assessments, training, facilitation, and speaking. And so just to give you like a, a snapshot of even how I got into coaching or why I took this path, if I could uh, t- uh, talk about it briefly. Um, so you see, it's funny, Taylor May Coaching Group started, you know, a while ago. I remember when I was on the couch speaking to my mother, I was eight years old uh, and I was asking her again, um, that, you know, when is my daddy coming back again? And at this point, it was only the second time I've seen my father for short periods of time, maybe one or two week spans disappearing and not leaving a message. Um, I was confused, hurt, but ultimately I felt alone um, to figure things out. And these feelings stayed in the back of my head and deep in my heart while well, I hit him for years. And so when I became 16, he kept doing the same thing. And I seen him at that point about six or seven times, always telling him, look dad, I don't really want you, you don't have to really give me anything, but just show me how to do things, because he would always tell me these different stories about, you know, the life he had. And so, but no, right, he disappeared again. So I said, forget it. It was going to be my mother and my grandmother and me at that point. And that's all I had. And so, but I was going to be successful. And I swore I was going to help others be successful as well, which led me to a career in sports and entertainment. And although I was successful being a personal manager for a heavyweight champion in the world, excuse me, I wasn't fulfilled because I wasn't making the kind of impact that I wanted. That led me to a career in sales and management and working for a top wireless company. However, they went through a merger, as companies do. And I found myself unemployed and after and again many many years later having another conversation with my mother uh, and she said son don't miss your calling by not making a decision that you know deep down inside you was true and that really hit me because I knew that was true and I knew it was time to embark on my journey of training and personal development and you know, I've been fortunate enough. I've trained and coached over 500 millennials and Generation Z cohort in areas of professional development, and they're all around um, working Fortune 500 uh, Fortune 500 companies, and also coach uh, technology leaders and founders on how to engage and mobilize employees so they can save six figures and focus on strategy and growth. So that's wow. how I got to this point.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, you 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 dropped a lot within your story. And I want to touch on some of those things, pull out uh, some of the uh, key points that you're talking about there and see where it takes us uh, for this episode. Uh, So the first thing that stood out to me, and just in order, not necessarily order of importance, order of how I heard it, you talked about executive coaching. Mm -hmm. What exactly is executive coaching from Mm -hmm. your vantage point? So
1: it's funny, right? Uh, Before I officially became an executive coach, you know, that used to be something that was really earmarked for uh, higher level professionals, seniors, CEOs, et cetera, where they was really getting the support um, uh, and maybe guidance or coaching on how really to take the the career to the next level. I I fairly knew, understood it, but as I got closer to it, it was really um, a leadership tool that has been used for many years however um in the business sector it was it seemed only like it was available for some you know if you had access if you understood it you wanted to spend the money if you worked for a company and you was considered a high potential employee they would invest even more time into you but from a coaching standpoint if we look at from a sports standpoint we always understood with a coach. A coach is not going to do it for you. They're there to help you sh- show you things, you know, maybe blocks that you may have to get out your full potential. And so an next you. executive coach would work with, you know, executives, but, you know, it can span uh, much further than that as well, too.
0: Thank you for that. And then part of your story, you also talked about working with a former heavyweight champion Uh, Did you want to expound on that and tell us a little bit about that journey? Sure. I had
1: a, you know, I had a career um, in sports and entertainment. And so uh, a good friend of mine, we grew up like brothers. He, you know, you know, nothing that I did. I just, we just happened to grow up together. He eventually became a heavyweight champion of the world. Um, uh, His name is Shannon Briggs. And know with the dreadlocks you might have seen them before and you know we went on that journey we were young we were in our 20s uh trying to figure out but it was a venture and you know i learned a lot about myself and i learned a lot about business um just being on the periphery of of seeing how that worked and even though i enjoyed a lot of elements for it uh, elements of it you know ultimately like i said i didn't feel um i was really making a personal impact it's it's funny When you're coming up, you know, in your career and trying to figure out at first, for most people, not everyone, right? uh, It's survival, right? And then when you move past survival, you know, then it gets to significance. Like, Mm. you know, like, what am I doing? Right? Like, what am I doing? Is this really what I want to do? And then that's when it starts, you know, opening the door for you.
0: Something else you mentioned as well, and it's bringing up this question that just keeps stirring up in my spirit. Why exactly do we need coaching? I know you were talking about in your story, you just wanted to be shown what to do. Mm-hmm. Have you found that uh, many of your clients uh, ha- are willing to admit they do not know what to do or are people hesitant to admit that? So it's,
1: it's funny you say that. Uh, the kind of clients that I work, for, work with, um, initially they don't say that like someone... It, you know, it just really depends on where the person's at, right? So some people are like, I, DJ, I don't have a clue what to do. I need your help, right? Some people are just like that because it, them not knowing what to do in this particular area is not tied to their identity. So admitting that they don't feel it, 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 it means who they are. But for, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, you know, admitting that means I'm less than. And so, you know some people admit it, some people don't, but a lot of times it starts out really on, um, you know, a business thing. Maybe it's, they're trying to get clarity. Maybe it's more employee engagement. They don't like the the employee engagement scores that they are getting, you know, diversity thing. And so it starts to tie into that. And as you know, we start to build a relationship and that's, and that's totally fine. I, I totally understand that. Then it ultimately gets to other things because, you know, if I can share one of the one of, the things that, um, uh, one of the things that most people, especially with founders and leaders, you know, that are driven by something um, uh, bigger than themselves that has a purpose, right? Um, one of the things they find very frustrating is when they can't get something out that they're trying to do, whether it's mm-hmm. creatively, innovation, uh, executing. And so as a coach, I'm not coming in to tell them what to do. They're very a subject matter expert at what they do. What I'm coming there to do is help support them, be a sounding board and also hold them accountable. But the main key is through the coaching, because with with us as people, we can't present ourselves a certain way and observe what we're doing at the same time. Right, we as human beings, we have a natural block. It's hard for us to be objective of our own experience, which is why I can we can get on the phone with someone and they say, DJ, I'm going through something, and you can give them advice right then and there. It may be something you dealt with, but you haven't been able to do it to yourself because it's a block. Right, we almost need to be able to stand up on top of our head and look in our brain and look at all the pieces together, but it's, it's hard for us to be an objective. And so that is the beauty of coaching. You know, when you look at, you know, there's more and more industries are starting to use it. They, they're starting to be more available in, in uh, companies uh, to the masses, not just the executives um, top end. But if you look at anyone at the top of their game in most industries, they have some kind of coach. <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned this. You know, I've uh, I've been a, a deal finder and I've worked in a private equity space. And as you're talking about this, I'm just thinking about how when you uh, take over a company or you acquire a company, how sometimes what ends up lacking is uh, the staff that you may have or the new staff you may have to bring in. Have you found yourself working with uh, a company and working with sure. uh, an entire staff all at once?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's funny you say, like with founders, it's it's really, I'm starting up with my team. We're wearing a lot of hats. We're trying to figure it out, which okay. a lot of times that means they need clarity, which I help a lot of people, which I talk to a lot of people about, or um, we're a merger or requiring a business. And I don't really know what I have in, in the people other than what they say. And what I see on the sheets uh, on my reports, but you know what is the process of how I navigate it? You know, I may be great at what I do, a technician analysis, you know in terms of the technical piece, but I'm not really sure on how to approach dealing with people, how to assess them and in a way that's 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 fair and and with grace, but do it in a way you know what do I have and how do I build them up from there? you know what kind of training do they need? And so that's the power of assessments because assessments give you give us data. we get an understanding of what you need and then I, we start building out a plan. And so in the past, unfortunately in this industry, coaching has seemed like really kind of fluffy. Oh, someone just talked to you, you know, but that's really about it, at least in nowhere. No, it's, a, now I have a framework that, that is based on data, getting information from you, what you want, data and feedback in terms of surveys. And then we, we, we build out a plan and and, and hold everybody accountable. And and this is, and we base this on metrics that's tied to whatever your KBR uh, K, uh, KPIs are. And so when I talk to business people like that, then it's like, okay, I can, I can get my head around that because if you just kind of just talking in general, I can't, you know, I, you know, I can't, uh, that's, that's too qualitative. You know, they need quantitative. And then after we move past that, then it's, Oh yeah, Troy, by the way, let me talk about something else that's bothered me, which is, which is fine too. But at first I don't think, um, initially my industry did a great job of showing people that we can do it with metrics, including emotional intelligence. Um, based on where you're trying to get to and it, it's actually a business solution. And so that was a kind of long-winded answer. I hope I, I, I oh, answered Oh, no,
0: that's great. Okay. Well, to, to continue with that example, uh, let's say someone is, uh, has a startup and they're trying to build their staff or someone's acquired a business and they're trying to rebuild their staff. Mm-hmm. How early in the process should they be reaching out to someone like you to mm-hmm. bring them on to start implementing this uh, change or this new vision that they have?
1: I would say I would say pretty early. Like I, I've worked with a couple of companies that wasn't ready, maybe initially for a full-on services, but they was they was initially ready for some beginning services, right? And so there's a process that I take people for clarifying their vision. It's called a, as a made Coaching Group. It's a, my my leadership dashboard, and on that one page, it's on one page, and after I coach them through several sessions, they get really clear on with their mission, their uh, mission, vision, and goals. And a lot of p- people say, okay, I really know what it is, but in a real way that they can apply it. And then it from there, it really starts to order their steps on what they need next. And then you know we add in, hey Troy, I need help with um, hiring people. I need people that are great. I need people like Mike. Well actually I have a process that we can we can, based on data, get people that have some of the same competencies that Mike has, right? And so now you're getting closer of what you want instead of just kind of hiring on, you know, it felt good in an interview. Which sometimes you just need a little more data. So it just really depends on what they are. So in the beginning, yes, in the middle, during, you know, sometimes it could be a one-off. It really just depends on what they need. But what I really found with founders a lot of times is a lack of clarity. And it's, when I say clarity, it's not, they know what they want their ultimate goal is, but because they're wearing so many hats, again, going back to what I was saying before, we have obstacles that's right in front of us.
0: Well, this is, I'm very curious now As I'm as you're painting this picture for me. I'm curious because I've been looking into things like impact investing and uh social capital uh social capitalism Mm -hmm. and just uh just like a different way of approaching it how important is money with a lot of founders early on and how uh, as opposed to how important is mission from your experience Well, in the past, right,
1: uh, it's been obviously more money, just really focusing on making money. And I understand that you're trying to grow a business. And then there's some companies that are kind of, I'm really on a mission, you know, it's purpose. I haven't really figured out the money. And then it's some companies intersection of both. And I think, you know, sometimes it has a generational piece, right? Depending on what age you are, you may come from a standpoint and not to generalize, but you may come from a standpoint, hey, I'm in business to make money and you know we're making this great service or tool. And now kind of people are like, yeah, we're gonna make money, but we're also about the purpose and it's okay to be about purpose. And it doesn't seem like I'm about purpose and I don't wanna make money. It, they're not mutually exclusive. They can be together. And so I think because obviously what's going on in the country, in the world, in the culture, um, that um, there's definitely been a little more pivot uh, from that. And, you know, it doesn't seem like two sides of of two different coins. It it, it can be
0: together in the same. And so as as I'm listening to this, another question comes into mind as well. Uh, when I think of executive coaching, how is how important is it for, uh, I guess the proper way to put it is, uh, traditionally white owned companies, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, bringing in a executive coach like yourself a black executive coach mm-hmm. to come in and teach their executive staff that may not be that diverse right on the importance of diversity does that mm-hmm. ever come up or is that not
1: yeah no that that, that that comes up you know um and so i have a unique way that i approach even a whole diversity conversation right okay because i'm you know i'm just a straight shooter and i just i just talk in a way that i'm going to Talk to you as a person, right? And it, it, we're not going to fluff talk, and then when everybody leaves, then you can have the real conversation. No, we're gonna have a real conversation, no matter what right. you look like. And I come in and say, "Look, guys, you know, you know, we come in and you know, potentially have a conversation about diversity, but I got to be honest with you, I, I'm going to talk about something different, right? Because I know in the human mind, no matter who you are, if someone comes in and tells you they're going to tell you about how you should feel about something." this is going to be initial resistance, right? For anyone, Mm -hmm. it's going to be, let alone someone tells you, okay, how you should treat other people. And in your mind, you may have felt I've never even treated people bad. So now you're making a a notion about me. And so the way I approach it is really from an emotional intelligence standpoint. Right. And so it's really about getting a level of self-awareness and awareness of others and emotional reasoning raising your emotional intelligence higher so you, you get into a space where you start to approach things differently without even someone trying to make you do that, right? And so it brings to mind this one episode I seen, and this is obviously way extreme. It was on, um, I think it was, it was one of those uh, um, documentaries, race something, you know, a, a, you know, like four or five months ago. And, you know, they always show the extreme cases and they were showing this young man who used to be a uh used to be in the KKK or what have you and you know and you know had that lifestyle and completely left that alone and and, and and turned his life around and he said you know people were on me and telling me I shouldn't be doing this and that and fighting back but he said the one thing that made his change around of people of color is he was working for a um he was working for an, a guy of Indian descent in a furniture store right and he was in moving boxes, you know, he's moving stuff or whatever. And in the back of his mind, he was like, yeah, he's going to shortchange me. He's not going to give me. You know, it was nice to him, uh, respectful, paid him. And one time when, you know, something spilled or whatever, the guy was like, no, okay. And I know you was here only temporarily, but you know, I want to give you extra money because you've been working so well and I want to bring you on full time. And mm. that shifted his whole mindset because no one was there telling him how he should treat another person, but when he made that connection based on how that other person made, how that boss made him feel, and that's what emotional intelligence is, right? Because the way we show up, the way other people make us feel has a direct result on how we show up. You know, that has a, that has a, direct, that has a direct result on it. And so when people make us feel a certain way, and, and we started engaging them. Actually, I have an, I have a note right here. I was going to read here. It is here. The way we show up determines the way people feel and the way they feel determines the extent to which they can engage. And that impacts pretty much everything about the outcome of the relationship. Mm. Wow. Powerful. Right. So that, so that impacted the way he felt And now it had, it it shifted his old paradigm about how he should treat people on an individual basis, not, and, and then he got to the root of, you know, had some family issues and stuff like that. And he joined that group because a sense of safety and power and stuff like that, you know, getting to that, but, you know, that's a more extreme version. But to your point, when I come in and have real conversation with people, I create a space that allows them to talk and ask and say questions and feel like, I don't want to say the wrong thing or why people think like this or whatever. And then we start moving into the, you know, emotional intelligence training.
0: So it brings up a question there. And I think, I think emotional intelligence is very valuable, but why aren't more people talking about it?
1: Um, I think it's the way, I think it's the way it's framed. Okay. So, you know, I, th- I think it's the way it's framed for most people, you know, not understanding what it is, um, not understanding the impact in terms of business. So when you t- speak, you know, with business people, a lot of time it's like, you know, how is going to impact my, my business? You know, is that a real thing or are we talking about something fluffy? right? And so Mm -hmm. when I say fluffy, you know, is it some real world applications? And so when people start seeing real world applications, then it's about, oh, okay, this is a real thing. It's always a real thing. But what it is initially is a barrier at first, because I don't understand it. That's really what it is. Uh, Initially, people don't understand it. And so if I don't understand it, I really don't know what it means. And I definitely don't know, you know, how it applies to business. And all emotional intelligence is, is a set of skills that helps us better perceive, understand, and manage emotions in ourselves and others. And collectively that help us make intelligent uh, responses to and the use of emotions. That's all it is, right? And so it's funny you ask, I'm, I'm doing a, um, at the end of the month, I do, uh, I do a webinar, uh, two webinars at the end of the month on a Tuesday and Thursday. And one on Tuesday is the five steps uh, to successful employee engagement. And then on Thursday, Uh, at the end of the month, it's going to be um, the EI experience, the emotional intelligence experience. And so uh, for, and and I'll give you the information for any of your listeners. And it's a free um, webinar for 45 minutes. And I take you through the emotional intelligence uh, experience. And so when I say that, it's not, I'm going to read a bunch of stats to you. I'm going to take you to a, through a specific experience. And when you leave, You're going to feel exactly what I'm talking about. And then we're going to understand how it relates to business as well.
0: Well, yeah, I definitely want to make sure that we have access to that. I think that would be awesome Mm -hmm. to uh, have access to. Um, So with this emotional intelligence um, piece, Mm -hmm. what's kind of staying in my mind is maybe people, because you're right, it may be a fact that they don't know about it but some people get into business for themselves sure, and they don't, they may not even care about right. how other people feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and so, and, 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 um, you know, go for it, but uh, I'm just wondering how much does that play a part in the fact that they may not be a receptive to emotional intelligence because the definition within itself says, Hey, you got to care about something other <laughs> than you. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Right. And, 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 and again, you know, so, two parts. So, if it's someone that doesn't care about it or not interested, that's totally understandable because one, I, I really only want to work with people that are trying to grow and develop and take themselves or their business to the next level, whether yeah. they hire me personally or their business. But just in general, you know, someone might say, you know, I don't care about that or what have you, but it's going to impact the way they interact with people. Now, if they do a business that they don't really interact with people and it's more a service or product where they don't have to do that, That's fine. But if they if they present themselves in a way that is off-putting to others, there's gonna have it's 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 an impact. And it doesn't matter what race, nationality, gender, or your economic class, it's it's just a reality of life, right? The way you treat people and the way you come across is gonna impact them. And some people, because of their stature, seem they feel like they're immune to that and maybe. Initially that they are, but that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't lead to other challenges, but it just, you know, it's really a personal thing that someone want to take um, that path of discovery because it, what it means is that they have to be, they have to be transparent and they have to be open, right?
0: Right. And they, you know, they always talk about, you know, are you coachable? Yes. This idea of being coachable. What does that mean to you when that term is used or is someone coachable? Sure. So when
1: they say, are you coachable, just means are you open to a conversation? Are you open to possibly looking at other ways to do things, but more importantly, are you open to, are you open to analyzing uh, behaviors that you have exhibited or hmm. you're exhibiting now that may not be serving you personally right if you hired me personally then you're looking for yourself or may not be serving the company that you work for like i've hi- i was hired by a company before and they loved this manager he was you know very good at what he was doing but you know he was a little rough around the edges and so their thought was you know we just want to help with his, co- with his development, right? That's how it's framed a lot of times with the development. And at first it was like, oh, I don't need a coaching. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to coach you on what you do. We're just going to talk about other things. And, you know, I say, I always say a framework, framework is not a methodology. It's not like I'm going to say, you know, coach step one, step two, step three, we're going to go wherever it needs to go based on where you are at this point, right? And so it's really about making a connection and rapport uh, with the person and letting them know I'm here to serve you, whatever we say is going between uh, you and I, I, it's nothing that I can report uh, to, to your, uh, you your, the manager, the CEO, whoever hired me, you know, regardless if they pay me, I can say we're working together and we're moving forward, but I, I can't divulge the, the the conversation. And what I get a lot of times is, you know, I, we, we get to the root of why that person is the way they are, Um, And a lot of times what all of us, a lot of times it goes to blind spots. We all have blind spots of the way that we show up. Like there's something I always used to tell students. If you think of a a, a board, a chalkboard, right? Everything that we're, if you ask somebody if they're self-aware, oh yeah, I'm self-aware, right? We're self-aware of everything that's on this board, right? Mm
0: -hmm. The
1: things that impact people is everything else that's outside the board. That's the things that we don't see. Right? right? That's the things that we don't see that a coach uh, helps you with that other people in the past has told us, hey, Troy, you do that. Oh, no, I don't. Didn't five other people tell you that? Yeah, but, you know, they didn't know what they was talking about, you know, that, mm. that, that kind of stuff.
0: So what what is that process? Somebody picks up this episode, they're mm-hmm. definitely interested in mm-hmm. either uh, hiring you for the staff that they may have mm-hmm. or hiring you for themselves. What mm-hmm. does that process look like uh, bringing in? uh your your company bringing in your services
1: sure so i have a um i have a we have a first first step is we have a conversation right what i call a quick chat we just we have a conversation just to see you know if, if if you know i'm able to help you based on um what you're looking for, right? And, you know, I've told some people, hey, what you're looking for is a little different, not what I do or what have you. But if we move forward from there, we just have a conversation on kind of what you're looking for. Um, and something I always like to uh, tell people is, I, I, would, I work with people to, to, to get them, um, to serve them, right? And so my goal is always to provide three to five times uh, uh, X their investment. Right. So in other words, the pain has to be the pain or the problem has to be strong enough for you for kind of us to really work together. And so why do I say that? I say that because if it's not a real pain or something that is, is, is really bothering you right now, you won't put the effort in to really make the change. And so, yeah, it's great that you may want to hire me. But if I'm not clear that you're committed to the change, it's, it's it's not going to lead anywhere, and I'm not. I don't want to work with someone that doesn't want to change just for you know to make money because mm-hmm. it's not going to is the 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 transformation is not going to happen, and then it's going to seem like I'm you know I, I'm not able to do my job or I'm not good at what I'm doing, right? So the pain really has to be there, and then we go from there. And so to to be more exact, I take them through. I have a three step framework. It's called ACE, A C E, like Apple Corey. Uh, Eric, and step one is really just assessing the situation. Step two is creating a tailor-made plan uh, based on assessment data, and really step three is just execute the strategy based on the data. So assessing the situation is, you know, maybe assessments, uh, uh, three hundred and sixty feedback. I may take them through a dashboard. Um, depending on what they're looking for. Then we come up with a plan based on the data, the information, and then we execute it and we and we build it, we bake in uh, accountability, right? Because we have to be accountable and metrics as well too, right? So we can get you closer to where that you want to be. And generally uh, my uh, coaching engagements are at least uh, six months, right? Because um, anything less, I've seen people- pivot on something less, but usually takes, you know, uh, at least six months, but you got working, you got family, you got your job and stuff, what you're doing or your business. And so, but initially I may come in someone's not sure what they really need. And I may take them through, you know, initial, a leadership dashboard and a couple assessments so they can get an idea. And usually from there, when we start pinpointing the things that, that, um, that they want to work on and some other things that they haven't thought of, then we usually go for from there but that's that's usually how i approach it uh with the with the um, ace method
0: i love that and i I, lo- I love the fact that earlier you were talking about all the different lives that that you've impacted uh millennials i think you said Gen generation z, z mm-hmm. uh and so what have you noticed with the different generations uh do you have to change up the way that you coach with the different generations or is it all the same? Or are, you, are you having to be a chameleon depending on who you're talking to?
1: Um, I, I've learned like a while ago really to kind of just be myself where I am because it's just draining when you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just very draining. But I've learned to communicate the same information differently, right? Mm-hmm. So people that are millennials and Generation Z, I, I, I really zone in into what we're doing without a whole lot of context unless they really ask me for the context right and so but if they uh, they're above that general generation then we may have some more context contextual information uh conversation because you may have the bandwidth or the interest of that kind of conversation but you know when it's a millennial um the, you know, they may not. It's not that they don't have the bandwidth, but they don't really have to hear the whole background context of everything. They let's get to it. You know, how do we move forward in a way that it get me to my goal, and that's fine too. So I will just adjust it, and again, you know, that's a generalization, but 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 overarchingly, that's kind of what I find.
0: I wanted to run something by you because it's sure. something I've noticed, and I w- I think you're a really great person to get a perspective on this from. Okay. I've noticed that a lot of, because lately they've had announcements that Clubhouse has a billion-dollar valuation. Uh, these tech companies are are um, growing exponentially, mm-hmm. and uh, many Black founders, many Black entrepreneurs, you know, they're like, "Hey, what's going on here? Why mm-hmm. aren't we getting what we want?" And you know, that, that's fair argument. My stance on it is, well, a lot of us work in silos, a lot of us work off to ourselves, and we don't necessarily co- collaborate unless it's within the same clique in which we've already been operating in. It's the same 10 people that we already know. Right. And someone like you, who's been coaching different areas, seen different right. things. Right. Is there any truth to my theory at all about these silos and everybody sticking to themselves or I'm making this whole thing up?
1: No, no, that's hundred percent true. And, and, and it's layered for two reasons. It's layered <clears throat> um, as being African-Americans. That's, that's one layer mm-hmm. and the other layer is male. I'll talk about the African-American piece. So the, 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 from that piece is, you know, I'm trying to get in an industry that, you know, historically is not a lot of us in there or at least bubbling or able to get funding to a certain level. And it's kind of my back against the world kind of thing. And I'm going to show everyone that I have um, what it takes to be there. And I'm smart as everyone. And that's, gr- that's great because that's a driving force but that also creates a lot of times a barrier and a mindset of, you know, I'm just doing this to myself, you know, instead of connecting Mm -hmm. with other people and there's enough abundance for everyone. Right. I, it's funny. I was just talking to a brother that I'm probably going to uh, start coaching uh, next week. And he is uh, currently at a company. He's a VP engineering. He's a doctorate and he has a few friends and, you know, he's thinking about making that transition being a founder doing his own thing because you know the the whole corporate thing is you know not fulfilling him and you know he was just talking about you know not really connecting you know with his friends a few you know they're in a a fraternity but they don't keep that connection on a regular basis and you know he kind of missed that and um you know and so you're kind of out there right? You're kind of out there. So that's the, that's the African-American layer. And then there's another layer from being a male. The other layer from being a male is after about 25 as a man, unless you have a lot of siblings, uh, you're in a fraternity, that you're active, you, you know, you're in some organizations or something or what have you, after 25, most men, no matter what the color is, start to drift into that lone wolf syndrome right mm. I, I, I don't need to meet any new people I don't need new, new friends I got all the friends I need you 27 you don't need to meet any more friends right you know mm. what I'm saying? so you don't you don't need to meet anyone else right and so you kind of stuck to yourself you know your outlet is a couple of friends you have you go out every once in a while your significant other and kind of that's it right and so over time you're a lone wolf right and so what happens to a lone wolf in the in the forest they die off by themselves right right and so kind of breaking that mold out of continue to meet people and grow and so what's a little different with with the gender with women and again this is a little generalization um continue to outreach network connect you know and a lot of times guys we get past certain age and it's not even late it's early we start that drifting off to myself uh you know I don't need to meet no friends. I'm, you know, I got all the friends I need. You're 30 years old. You don't need to meet another friend for rest of your life, right? And so yeah. we don't even realize, right? I put myself in that, you know, even though I, you know, I, I broke that thinking many years ago, but we don't even realize how crazy that sounds. Mm-hmm. Right? Because and the reason why I say that, not in a judgmental way, but, we, we, you know, we just block ourselves because when we start connecting, we're like, man, this is a great outlet. I'm just Fellowshipping, fellowshipping, getting stuff on my mind you know my heart talking building we may be able to do business or not but we're growing and we're building it together and that in itself is a is a power yep which is which, is which is what you do here <laughs> which is what you that in itself is a power
0: yeah i've literally met people this is before obviously corona and all this other stuff uh but i'll meet people maybe at an event and I go to shake their hand, and literally, they in their mind, just like I don't want to meet any new people. Yeah. You know, maybe for whatever reason, they're there. Somebody drunk, uh, drove, drug, drug, uh, drugged them there, and uh, they don't really want to be there. And I'm excited to be there because I believe in expanding your network of connectivity. You know, and and having as many friends as possible or associates, however you want to word it. Yeah, yeah. because you never know what. Who you may need, you never know. There's some things I learned in this life that money can't get you into certain things. No, it can't. Money's cool, but it's it's access to the right people and how you treated them when you when you thought you didn't need them. Mm-hmm. All those things are what's going to matter in this sure. chess piece or That's this right. chess game called life.
1: That's right. The that, that, excellent way to say, it, brother, it, it does. And you set you 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 framed it right. They have the energy that I don't want to be there. You could tell them their body language, what they say, unless the conversation hits a note that resonates with them. Mm. And they also, they're a different person. They're they, they they engaged, they're smiling, teeth yeah. and gums. You're like, oh, man, this is a different person.
0: Right. right. Very true. You have, you have to find that commonality. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how can people uh, work with you, collaborate with you, sure. uh, invest in you? How what? how can people move forward and learn more about what you're working on?
1: Sure. So, um, you know, I'll have, I'll, I'll provide you with the information. I have at my, my email, which is Troy at Taylor coaching group. I'll provide you that information. Um, also my website as well. And also I have a, um, a calendar link, you know, that they can schedule an appointment as well with me. And so uh, I have a website, but the easiest way is beside the website, looking at that is, um, 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 emailing me, uh, you know, uh, I, I, write, uh, I post articles, um, content on LinkedIn, you know, at least three, or four times a week. I just posted, it's funny. I just posted today about the, um, about the ei experience go go check it uh go check it out when you go but, but i did it in an interesting I, I at least i think it's interesting <laughs> i did i posted i posted in an interesting way you, you'll you'll see it when you see it uh, uh, contact me on linkedin you'll say okay yeah this was different and so linkedin um but emailing me uh Calendly link and I, I i look forward to working with uh founders uh, executives or anyone, anybody that's coming up and they say, you know what, I'm trying to grow and develop and take this thing to the, uh, to the next level, whatever that is. And so, you know, that's my process, the, 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 um, that's my process, the ACE, right. Uh, framework, but, you know, I really, within that I help people DJ with the three C's, right. The three C's I help them with clarity, communication, and connection the three c's i have the ability to help others with their clarity of who they are and what they want right next that leads to communication the ability to express themselves powerfully and effectively and then that creates the connection the ability to resonate with others with their clarity and communication so i help people with their clarity communication and
0: connection. well i just want to say i want to thank you for the work that you're doing it's very valuable uh, in today's world because a lot of people lack direction. They lack accountability. And so if we really are going to have these billion dollar valuations and have these really big companies that are um, really making impact on society, we're going to need people in our corner watching our blind spots. Yeah. And so thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Uh, the doors are open. If you ever okay. want to come back to Black Equity and continue the conversation, we would love to have you.
1: Sure. And one last thing before I leave and for your, for your listeners that um, today I'm going to uh, for all your listeners, I'm going to give them a free emotional culture index assessment. Oh, I like this. Free emotional culture index assessment. It's an assessment that will give them a quick pulse of their current team employees or department I'll customize it based on the different things that they uh, want to measure, you know, pr- uh, uh, pr- um, from a productive state for unproductive state, you know, things like uh, if people feeling value and mistreated empowered, exhausted. So we we'll pick 10 things that they want to measure and all they have to do is just email me and set up an appointment. And, you know, what do they get? They walk away with the data. They'll walk away with a report and I'll um, give them a debrief as well. And obviously this is all, uh, confidential and it's, and it has business applications as well. And so when they walk away, if they say, Hey, Troy, this is great for now. I'm good for now. That's fine. If they want to work with me further and I can help them, that's fine as well. But if they contact me and say, Hey, you know, you was on um, the black equity podcast with DJ, um, you know, I, I would like to do the assessment that's fine. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, that's a lot of value. And So thank you so much for adding that value to our audience. No problem. Uh, our audience is exactly who you need to work with, to be honest. Uh, executives, founders, inventors, uh, they're all going to need your services. And so everyone take advantage of this right now. <laughs> right. Uh, send the email over right. before he changes his mind. <laughs> no, nah, don't Get this free uh, assessment. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. if you stayed to the end of this episode, then you know that you now have access. So look at the show notes and look at the access you have. You have access to an emotional intelligence assessment. You have access to two webinars. So if you're one of the lucky people who were able to listen to this episode early, get access now. I want to thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Thank you to our guests. If you have any questions or if you would like to inquire about today's guests or guests in the past, send us an email over at BlackEquityNetwork at gmail.com. We love the work we're doing. We love interacting with so many different people from all over the world on these different topics, and we love getting you access The best thing for us to do is get you access and move out of the way. I'll talk to you next time on Black Equity Podcast. I'll see you soon.